Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping. With Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with my promo code POD, P-O-D, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in POD. That's stamps.com, promo code POD. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. I'm not going to raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drink your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. You smell that? That's West Virginia University basketball. We saw it. With our own eyes. It looked like basketball. Most of it looked like basketball. Some of it looked like athletic endeavors. Hello! From the Dyer Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. It is a podcast on the Basketball Podcast Network. I am Josh Witt, and this is the exhibition episode. Akron. Akron? Akon. Akron. The Zips. We're back. Ah, not, we're not back. ESPN Plus provided the in-stadium or in-coliseum feed. Like, what you watch, you go to the game at the Coliseum. They're videotaping the game. Like, the school does that. And when you go to get a pretzel or your Zolls out in the concourse, you can watch the game out there. That's the feed we had on ESPN+. Plus. But because of that, and zero commercials. And so what you have is you get all the things associated with a home basketball game in the Coliseum. You get dance routines. You get the pep band. You get the kids running full court and beating the five-second shot clock to win a pizza or whatever. You get the Kroger shopping cart shootout. You get all that. 
added bonus, which you don't get in the stadium with the video feed. You get Warren Baker. You see Caridi Sr., and you see the top of Jay Jacobs' head. All right, my man Jay Jacobs, God bless him. Every year, we see a little bit less of Jay Jacobs on the sideline. Right? You cut over. I mean, next season, knocking on wood, we get to the the preseason exhibition game that's going to stream on ESPN+. And we're just going to see, like, white hair. We're just going to see the top of Jay Jacobs' hair, not even his head. But all that stuff means that we got to consume West Virginia University men's basketball. And it was an exhibition game, didn't count, played Akron, and West Virginia won the game, 74-59. West Virginia came out acting like it wasn't an exhibition game. Lots of hustle, lots of energy, really into it, scrambling, forced a ton of turnovers in the first half. And, you know, Huggins has been not thrilled in his press conferences about what he's seeing in practice regarding defense. For most of this game, it didn't look bad. Defense did not look bad. Rotations, they weren't crisp, but they weren't bad for the first time that the public could see them play another team. Not bad. And when Huggins is saying it's bad, and then you see it's not bad, is that that's good, right? Like, I think that's how the math equation works. They sprinkled in some press. They got a 10-second violation. And early in the second half, West Virginia was up 32. Taz Sherman, uh, you get to the 16-minute timeout. Taz Sherman walks. You can see him walking out of the Coliseum. And then the game became something different. I guess it was still basketball, but it was, and we, uh, as WVU fans, we've seen this kind of basketball where West Virginia struggles to score, and we did that for the last 16 minutes of the game, (laughs) roughly. Taz left, West Virginia stopped scoring. They basically, about a point a minute for the rest of the game, which is not good, right? It was rough to watch. So excited to see this year's squad, all the new faces, and then we get that last 16 minutes. But again, it didn't count, and West Virginia won the game. So we saw 14 guys dress, 13 guys play. Okongwu, he was warming up, did not see action coming back from an injury. But good to see him out on the floor in warm-ups. That's a positive sign. So let me give you some notes on every guy that played. And let's start with Taz Sherman, obviously. Taz Sherman, starter Taz Sherman. So definitely called that wrong in the preseason, offseason. Who's going to be in the starting five? Taz Sherman. He's going to be sixth man, just like Huggins had him last year. We can't have him as sixth man. He's got to be a starter. And tonight, in a game that didn't count, and it It doesn't make me think less of the performance, but Taz Sherman was incredible. Dominant. One would argue that Taz Sherman, in his 20-some minutes tonight, dominant. Got to the rim whenever he wanted. Did like the step-back three. Early on, you know, Huggins likes to run motion, right? 
And typically, Huggins' motion involves a big guy at the foul line. Taz Sherman said, hey, big guy at the foul line, get out of the foul line. Go somewhere outside of the paint and let me cook. And he cooked it right down the lane and made a and made a layup. I, like, it was mind-blowing. Whereas, like, forget motion. I'm getting a bucket. And he did it. So if, if Taz Sherman is going to do that, <laughs> where he's making step-back threes and also clear out from the top of the key, it's not like even isolation from the wing. It's like, everybody get out of the way, and I'm going to make a play. And then if he gets fouled, which he did in this game, he's really good at making free throws. Like, we're talking elite offensive output this season. Again, just an exhibition, but it's hard to not take away uh, these kind of sentiments. Like, he's obviously been working on his game. He drove some last year, did not drive it like he did in this game. Look out is all I'm saying. Uh, Keenan Cummings on Twitter noted that at one point in this game, in the second half, Taz had scored as many points as Akron. So that's impressive. I gotta, I gotta be excited about that. Almost to the point where it's like, hey Taz, can you, can you save some for games that count? That's what was going through my mind. And obviously, I told you about what happened the last sixteen minutes of the game. Clear difference. Taz off the floor versus Taz on the floor. So we had that last year with Deuce. We had it with senior year Javon Carter. This might be a season where it's got to have Taz on the court. Again, based on one game. Who else? Diamond Kerrigan. Damon. Sorry, Damon. Damon Kerrigan. Sixth man, Damon Kerrigan did not have that. And I don't know if Huggins had that, but uh, Cottrell, two fouls early, comes out. Kerrigan comes in. And he was the most impressive newcomer in this exhibition game. He was a, a presence on defense at the basket, altered some shots, blocked some shots, got fouled on offense, got to the foul line. Eh, not great at, at the free throw line. But got there. I was impressed by what I saw by Demond Kerrigan. Gabe. Uh, just not a lot to speak about for Gabe. Took a charge. So that's a you know, mark your bingo card for Gabe taking a charge. But he just fouled a ton. Couldn't stay on the court. Isaiah Cottrell, starter. Looked healthy. Again, I, I, I say looked healthy like that's kind of crazy, and it is crazy because Achilles' heel injury should not be playing basketball so quickly. Did, look good, made it open three, and he fouled a ton. I told you, two fouls quick in the game. Jalen Bridges, starter, started at the four. So Huggins, starting lineup, small ball, Jalen at the four, Cottrell at the five. Three guards. And Bridges, kind of quiet. He got his three-pointer, like a quiet seven points, got his slashing offensive rebound. Net neutral 
for my man Jalen Bridges. Polly Polycap, most quiet newcomer. Got a few minutes. Polly Polycap, a very willing screen setter. Definitely ready to to set a screen out front and dive hard to the rim. Polly Polycap, not a ton of minutes, not a ton to speak about. Kobe Johnson, confident freshman. He ran some point. You know, the question, one of the big questions going into this game and this season, who's running the point guard? So many guys. Taz Sherman ran point. Kobe Johnson ran uh, ran some point. And there's more. So many point guards. and But absolutely zero point guards. But Kobe Johnson, he, nothing stood out, but other than, he looked like he belonged and he looks like he's going to be part of whatever rotation Huggins ends up with during the season. I think Kobe Johnson is going to make the cut. I don't know how many minutes, but he looks smooth out there. He looks solid. Sean McNeil, starter Sean McNeil, not a surprise there. Sean McNeil had three assists in this game. Why does that stand out? Well, Sean McNeil, this is we're going into his third season. In games that count, Sean McNeil has had three or more assists in a game three times. So it's a rare bird. He did it tonight. I think all of them were in the first half. It just doesn't happen often. Second half, Taz comes out, Sean McNeil, lots of isolation. Lots of Sean McNeil trying to create, ending up with tough shots that he didn't make. They didn't go in tonight. He's capable of making tough shots. They did not go in tonight. And he ran some point. Sean McNeil ran some point. So it is point guard by committee. Kedria Johnson, starting point guard. Obviously, if he started at the point guard position, he ran some point. So how many is that? That's uh, that's four guys that ran point. Uh, look, here's the thing about Kedria Johnson, and he did this last year, but it's I realized in this exhibition game is one of my favorite things about this team is Kedria Johnson aggressively defending on ball defending the other team's point guard. It's so great. He's so strong. It, it's, I don't want to say Carter-esque, but he's definitely trying to like flypaper uh, another human being in basketball terms. He did get elbowed in the face in the first half. No flagrant foul or anything called. I guess, you know, you take an elbow to the face, you, uh, you know, you go get it checked out, then nothing happens, right? Came back in the second half. He had a gigantic bandage on his face. Like like the gauze pad that you would put on your knee if you scraped your knee, he had that on his face. <laughs> and played, you know? It was, it was a bizarre look. He made it work, right? Malik Curry ran some point. Thought he might be the starter. Kedrian was a starter. Malik Curry had three steals. He had four assists, and he had zero turnovers. So during the game, he didn't really stand out. But you look at the box score, and he filled up some. He filled up some stats, and kind of a definitely like a herky jerky kind of vibe with him offensively can get a guy on his back, did not finish tonight. He was one of six, Um, but he's going to be in the mix 
and he's one of he's part of the point guard committee. Malik Curry. Uh Cine Enjai, quiet Cine minutes. He he looked exactly like he did last season in this exhibition game that didn't count. Cine was Cine. You know, just like I remember the quiet Cine minutes. And then Taj Thweet and Jamel King. This is my most disappointing thing that Taj Thweet was garbage time in an exhibition Taj Thweet. I really was like in my mind, all right, Taj is going to back up Jalen. He's going to be the next guy in. Uh, as of this game, uh, Taj is, is, is garbage time. And Jamel King, freshman, garbage time. So quick breakdown of everybody that played in this game. Again, you shouldn't take a ton from an exhibition game unless WVU loses, then full-blown panic. But actually, I did take a ton from this game. With all the new guys seeing what this looks like, I took a ton from this. We know, you know Bob Huggins. I know Bob Huggins. What does he lean on? My man Bob Huggins leans on defense and rebounding. And again, the defense looked pretty good tonight against Akron, but Huggins is telling you, we're not good at defense, right? So strike one. And then he loves rebounding, and I don't see it right now with this team. It's not. Uh, I don't know where the rebounding is going to come from. Like, that is, he's been talking in the preseason, we're going to miss Culver mo more than we miss Deuce. Why? Because the man loves rebounds, and Derek Culver was a walking double-double. There's not a walking double-double guy on this team. There's not. So you got to do it by committee. And just like – so point guard by committee, rebounding by committee. Feel better about the point guard by committee. They held on the ball, the ball fairly well. Uh, no real issues on the turnover side. Some bad entry passes and just stuff in the second half where, where it was funky. But, like, listen, Huggins – is starting Jalen Bridges at the four. They got out-rebounded by the Zips in an exhibition that doesn't count. But still, that's not something that Huggins wants to see is getting out-rebound. But what's he going to do? Like, you've got to – rebounding is great. you got to score the ball. And he's like, I've got to have Taz Sherman and Sean McNeil on the floor at the same time. And I can't have <laughs> I can't have with my big guys to the guys that aren't gonna score. Cottrell's got a the chance to be like a fourth or fifth scorer. Bridges obviously is set up to be the third guy in scoring. But you know, Huggins is saying, I mean, at one point in the first half, Huggins was doing a bad Jay Wright impression. Like he had four guards out there, and the five was Gabe. So he had four guards and Gabe out there. And definitely had Villanova flashbacks of like, <laughs> uh, like four four guards and Dante Cunningham. You know what I mean? Like he was doing that. And I I don't know how good those Villanova teams were at rebounding. Huggins wants to be great at rebounding, like top ten in the country in rebounding. I don't think that's in the cards this year. I want to be wrong. Four guards, I guess Sean McNeil was playing <laughs> power forward. 
<laughs> I don't know how that works. I feel comfortable in saying, based on this one game, Taz Sherman, Sean McNeil, both going to average 30-plus minutes a game. They're that important to this team scoring baskets because I don't know where else they come from. I don't know if Jalen Bridges is a creator. Cottrell is not. I don't know if he's a creator. The other big guys, they're not doing post-up moves. I don't know. The, the offense is coming from McNeil and Sherman. So, you know, last year Deuce averaged 34 minutes a game. Huggins didn't want to take him off the floor. Javon Carter's senior year, I was just like, we got to give him a break. And I feel like we have two guys that Huggins is going to look like, do I have to take him out? Because of offense, because you got to score points. So, again, one game, I feel like based on this game, there's going to be wins and losses determined this season more than I'm comfortable with, dependent on Taz Sherman and Sean McNeil not just making shots, but making tough shots. And if they make the tough shots, West Virginia's got a chance. If they miss the tough shots, I don't know where, I, like, somebody's got to fill the hole there. It's the, it's the Taz and Sean show based on this game. We ride, <laughs> we ride, we, we rise and we fall depending on how Taz and Sean are cooking. And, and, and like really cooking, like Taz Sherman isolation, Shaman Neal isos, the results of those plays will determine how that and, – and, and that's based on one game. Maybe they'll pass the ball better. Maybe they'll run better offense. And at times they ran some offense tonight and got some easy baskets. And of course, they turned the ball over. They got it the, the other team to turn the ball over a bunch. So that helps with your offense, but like I don't know that those last sixteen minutes though. Am I right? Anyways, I'm just glad to have all this back. Aren't you glad to have basketball that didn't count in our lives? Random thoughts coming up. The NBA is back, and at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, the key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. If they do, you win $200 in free bets. Go with your gut. Go for the biggest favorite. Go against a team you think is not very good. Whatever your strategy Turn $5 into $200 in free bets. You can also do same-game parlays, combine multiple bets from the same game, get a bigger payout, more legs, more money. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Of 
close scrimmages where you can have somebody take video of the game and then share that with anyone and their mom. And you'll never get to talk like this again about the secret scrimmage because it's not secret anymore. I think that's a sad thing. That's my cat not being secret. Final thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime Creative Group. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Finally have processed this enough to talk about this. We talked about having Warren Baker back in our lives, and that's great. And we had a surprise play-by-play announcer for the ESPN Plus broadcast of this exhibition. It was a Caridi. No, not Tony Caridi. He was doing the radio broadcast. Andrew Caridi, son of Tony Caridi, calling the play-by-play on ESPN Plus. I think he's of age. I don't think it's his internship or like his his winter job. (laughs) Like he didn't get out of high school, his high school classes, and then show up at the Coliseum and call the play-by-play. He's a he's a, a grown man, Tony Caridi's son, working the broadcast as a play-by-play announcer. If you've watched basketball long enough in your life, you see offspring show up in your life, and it, you know, some hit different than others, right? I remember Tim Hardaway. Now there's Tim Hardaway Jr. I remember Mike Dunleavy, the coach. Then there was a Mike Dunleavy Jr. (laughs) Steph Curry, son of Dale Curry. Like all these guys. Patrick Ewing Jr., Gary Payton Jr. Like the juniors hit harder, right? Kenyon Martin Jr., professional NBA player. And then... In broadcasting, you've got Joe Buck, you know? But I didn't listen to Joe Buck's dad other than listening to or seeing him on the ESPN Classic or whatever, call a game. Jack Buck, I think that that was a guy's name. But it just hits different. (laughs) That's what the kids say, right? It hits different. Listening to a Caridi offspring call a game, it just hits different. And harder, harder than seeing the sons of athletes play. Because you can kind of hear Tony Caridi in his voice, obviously, because, you know, it's Tony Caridi's son. And he did a fine job. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. <laughs> you know, life moves pretty fast. And if you blink then you'll open your eyes and you're seeing Tony Caridi's son call an ESPN plus WVU basketball exhibition. It's just a lot. Seeing a, seeing a younger Sabonis, you know, those are, 
I guess I deal with that better. Glenn Rice Jr. I can deal with that better. Glenn Robinson the third. That's that's just easier to handle than Andrew Caridi. So it goes. I wish Andrew Caridi the best in his in his work. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms. Every single platform. Listen to this podcast. When you're listening to this podcast on every platform, hit the follow button on every platform. And that helps this podcast. If that seems overwhelming, however you're listening to this right now, hit a follow button. I think that helps this podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2021-2022 season. They're still 0-0. and zero.